Hey there, right? Delilah. What's it like in the other tower? <laughs> no. <laughs> Brilliant. I was trying. Brilliant. I was so trying to get there. Brilliant. I was trying to get there so hard, and you just did it better than I could have. I got you, brother. Oh, you nailed it. Holy shit. Oh. 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 That's so funny. So, what's up with airplane food lately? <clears throat> no. What's the deal with that? Right? Like, I wouldn't no. know. I haven't been on an airplane in six months. Six months? Yeah, dude, last not airplane. That's that long of a time. That's true. It's true. Last airplane was to Connecticut and I hated it. Bro. Were you stuck like next to somebody with terrible body odor? Uh, yeah. Also. Was it you? <laughs> You're in, you're in an exile and it's James. just you and you're like I hate this <laughs> and there's all this leg room I hate it too no but I did okay so I, sh- I shafted myself slightly because I got a I got a seat like right in front of like the little like wall dividers I have oh okay. uh-huh. um, wait in front of like, as in like the wall dividers in front of you or you're yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, dude, sweet, there'll be more leg room." But it turns out it's not. <clears throat> you have like more, like kind of more leg room, but because I'm tall, I can't comfortably sit on airplanes unless I can like stretch my legs out, which I can do underneath the seats, but could not do because there was a wall in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. So I just had I to sit there know. and be like, "Oh, my legs." <clears throat> Jeez, and how long of a flight is person. that? That's like five hours. Wait, did you get yeah. a connection or no? But it would have been bad on a yeah. two-hour flight. Yeah, tall it was, person to tall person, I feel you. Yeah, it was just a bad time. But then also, I had like a long <clears> layover <throat> in Philadelphia, and was just like, all right. But that's actually and where I played reason, most you... of. Uh, that's where I played most of Cave Story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember you texting me, being like, "Was that the one where you had an adult moment?" <laughs> Probably. You were like, first. hey man, I had an adult movement where I was playing this video game and then I put it down to read the news. I was so frustrated. Like, yep. yep. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's so funny. Dude, I saw the, like, the funniest thing on a plane the other day and it was just like this lady who, you know how like everyone's standard these days brings like a carry on with them and then they bring like a backpack basically, you know, it counts as your yeah. bag. You stick that under the, the seat in front of you sort of where Gabe's legs are supposed to go. So, like, this lady did that, like everyone else would do, and then she was in an exit seat that was, like, didn't have a seat in front of her to, like, put the bag, and she just had this moment of, like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And she turns to the the flight attendant, like, what am I going to do? And the flight attendant turns back to her, like, oh, my God, what are you going to do? And they just, like, looked at each other for, like, five (laughs) seconds, and then she was, like, okay, I'll take it up with me, I'll take it up with me. So then, like, the flight attendant, like, took the bag, like, up to the front, like, where they sit. But it was just this funny moment of like, oh, my God, you don't have a seat for that. Oh, shit. Like, what? <laughs> Anyways, it's good stuff. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. 
Well, welcome everybody to the Tyranny of Thumbs podcast, a gaming podcast where just some friends who play a game each week and then we talk about it. And this is not, as you might think, a transportation podcast where we talk about our numerous experiences on airplanes. Did we um, get you? Yo, so this one time on an airplane. <laughs> um, yeah. <clears throat> Dude, I have so many funny airplane stories, but like, I feel like at some point, like comedians have like gotten all the funny airplane stories because they travel so much and they're funny and storytellers. Like, it's not a good place to be like a normal person trying to tell stories about airplanes. Like, it's a space that's been well done. I would just sound like a very pessimistic, like, I, I would not be a good storyteller because it'd just be me complaining for 30 minutes straight being like, yeah, things suck as a tall people on airplane, but have you tried being skinny? Because everyone takes the fucking armrests around you because they're like, oh, well, I'm bigger. I need the armrests and you, you're small. You don't need the armrests. And then Yeah, that sounds really there. hard. Yeah. You think <laughs> armrests <laughs> on airplanes are like the modern, like aggressive, like assert your dominance move, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, the proper etiquette is that the people on either side uh, have their own, you know, Person gets the window, person yeah. in the aisle gets like better leg room, and person in the middle gets the armrests. Yeah. Both that is the proper etiquette. Yeah. Dude. Okay, fuck it. If we are telling Yeah, I mean that <clears throat> makes sense to me. Have you guys do you guys like realize I don't know, I just had this like epiphany the other day when I was when I was walking on an airplane where you walk through first class and there's two per aisle, right? There's like window and then aisle, window, aisle, window aisle, right? You know? All the way down, yeah. there's like two people per side, I guess what I'm trying to say. And then you go into like coach or whatever the fuck it's called. And there's just three people. And you realize like they have literally put a value on human life. <laughs> like you are whatever that ratio is less valuable. Like you are like, I don't know, a third is valuable to them. I don't know what the fucking math is. But you know what I mean? Like you look at it, you're like, holy yeah. shit. Like that's what yeah. they think of me. I mean, <laughs> that or, you know, space. You're buying space. Literally. Yeah, because now they're like, you know, for an extra $300, you too could get two extra inches of leg room. They're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. fuck. Look, man, airplane fuel ain't cheap. Yeah, so this week, we did not play a game that involves an airplane. In fact, we did the opposite. We did a game We played that a game that involves nature. a helicopter. Hell yeah, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, though. actually, that's Which reminds us, there's going to be spoilers for this game. <laughs> okay, so... For those, you know, who did not read this podcast title before clicking on this episode, this week we played Firewatch. By the uh, way, for those people, you're you're a real homie, though. Like, that's a person <laughs> who is in listening. on the podcast so hard that, like, I don't even give a fuck what game it is. I'm in. That's sick. There Thank you, you. Yes, you are the real MVP. You know, look, yeah. looking at you, kid. Uh, but yeah, so Firewatch was released by Campo Santo in 2016. So it's been out for quite a bit. Um, and it's been a game that's been, you know, widely regarded as being just a fucking beautiful game. And I know this has been on our list of, you know, games to critically talk about for a while now, particularly from McCoy. And so, McCoy, you know, why were you so, you know, when, when we decided last week that we were going to start off 2020 by playing fire firewatch you know you said that you know your heart was so happy so why would that be <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Damn. Why'd um, you make us play this fucking game, McCoy? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I was just hoping you guys were going to talk about it. Fuck. Like, I didn't know. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, well, dude, this game, I fucking really love this game. And I love this game for a million reasons, and we will get into a lot of them. But, like, funny moments this week were when I, like, closed Firewatch, and I was like, wow, what a powerful game. And I realized that my background, my wallpaper for my computer is Firewatch and has been <laughs> since it was released. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, holy shit, that's what that is. Because you kind of just, like, forget whatever that image is. But I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. This this is a game that's I mean, might have been the first walking simulator I ever played. I'm trying to think if there was other ones. Maybe there were, but it was certainly one of the uh, earlier ones, and it was so powerful. And I just remember thinking, like, this is something really special. Like, this, like it fits together perfectly. Um, it has such a beautiful way that it mirrors your player experience, which I think is like kind of like where I would start it, is I would just think that, like, the story that happens to the main character and the way he experiences like his life and and what he does with it is actually very similar to like you the gamer who came to the experience cuz like i find at least for me and i don't know and i th- i think for many people but i don't know you know what exact cause brings people to games um and whether or not that cause is still there or if it's changed but oftentimes people are trying to escape from something and that might change throughout the course of their life what it is but I just like immediately when I started playing this game way back then, uh, I just remember like identifying with the character who was running from something and thinking like in some ways that's kind of what I came to this game for was like an escape for this afternoon. And uh, I know we will get through the story and we will get to obviously the spoilers and stuff like that. But the way that it ends, basically dumping you back into reality after you go on this crazy adventure and just saying you did your best to escape or whatever and you had your fun, but reality wins and it 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 comes it you know when time is when it's the right time like it will come you can't avoid it is just such a beautiful way to wrap that up and then end your experience you know there's no more collectibles you need to get you don't necessarily ever need to play it a second time i'm sure some of us here did but you don't need to it's just like perfectly encapsulated adventure that takes you away and then brings you right back right back and i just found that to be just unbelievably beautiful so that's why I chose mm. it. I was like, well, I think other people might enjoy this at least a little. Um, but yeah, I just, I, mean, I don't know. This this game made me go out and buy a new laptop because when I bought it and launched it on my old laptop, it wouldn't run because the graphics card was out of date. And wow. so this is the most expensive video game I've ever bought. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably got it on sale for like $3. <laughs> Some holiday sale. No, but yeah, this this game has been just, you know, widely regarded and just, you know, it's been surprisingly a game whose con- whose conclusion has been very polarizing to a lot of people. Um and I think with at least for me with multiple playthroughs, it helps me appreciate what McCoy has mentioned um a lot more and have me see it for myself um playing it multiple times. Um because if you play this game on a very surface level understanding, just kind of, you know, whipping through it for the sake of playing it because it's the new hot game of the year, like, I can see where some people's disappointments may foster from. But this game just has so much more to unpack than what meets the eye. And I'm so excited to delve into it for this episode. Um, Dude, it's just so crazy it to me. Because it is one of my favorite games. It's so crazy that there are people that could be disappointed by this game. 
Like I just, I, I literally, that to me is like eye opening just cause I, I just, how like I could see being like, okay, I don't like walking simulators. I'm fucking out and not finishing it. But if you finished it and you were like, man, fuck the ending, like, I guess, I guess we'll talk, but damn, like, dude, I just, it, I didn't even get a lick of that in either playthroughs. The ending is so fucking beautiful. And I'm so glad they didn't show you Delilah. They didn't like let you play your fantasy out further. It had to end, man. It had to come crashing down. It's just so such a brilliant mm. ending. Right. Does the we'll definitely ever, get into it. Can can we talk about like just for a little bit? Does does the story significantly change based on your decisions? <clears throat> Do you know that? No. No. Um, essentially like the decisions you make throughout the game might change Delilah's attitudes towards you throughout the course of the game, but in the end, the the end will always be the end. There's nothing you can do to change it no matter how you act towards Delilah, no matter uh what you decide to tell her and what you decide to keep to yourself. Um all of those choices are just in the moment uh I guess in the moment choices that have just an immediate payoff, but it doesn't actually amount to anything. Okay. But it does have a meaningful change, I guess, in like the sense of how you feel about the characters and like how you kind of write that story for yourself. But yeah, it doesn't like there was a good ending and you meet Delilah and you run off and then you're happy forever after. Like no matter what. I mean, that wasn't, I feel like that wasn't going to be the case no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, like a good ending in that context is so strange. Like, what is a good ending in a story like this that is so multifaceted and has so much deep, like, sadness and loneliness and all that? Like, what is a good ending? Um, Yeah. And so they don't even approach that. They don't approach, like, you got all the collectibles, and therefore, you know, you get to see what it would be like if you triumphed. It's like, there is no triumph, man. Like, this is just, yeah, there's no like detention cut scene of like, you, you took all the photos and therefore here's a cute little sub scene where he meets Delilah at the airport. Or <laughs> I don't know, but like, <laughs> yeah. But, oh. Yeah. So Zoe, this is crazy, but you had this idea earlier that I think would be interesting to roll with where you were saying that like, why don't we like roll through this game in acts, acts, as in like act one, act two, act three, sort of thing. Like start maybe with the intro and like talk about that and talk about people's experiences with that. Like, let's do that. Right. That's fucking rad. Yeah. Well, because for one thing, the intro to this game is completely different from the rest of the gameplay experience. And it's actually a quite, uh, um, it's a bold choice by the developers to start a game with the kind of expositional, seemingly choice-based narrative to establish the for- first 14 years of your main player character, Henry's uh, life. Not the for- first 14 years of his life, but the first 14 years of this story. Um But I think it's a great way to establish backstory and engage the player rather than just tell you, like... <laughs> You're going to play Henry, whose wife has dementia, and you're escaping into the woods because you can't you you can't deal having to, like, take care of her and you just want to forget it all. Like, they yeah. could have just done that. But instead, they have you start off the game by, you know, 
meeting your wife for the first time and you can choose whether to hit on her or like, you know, you can choose to hit on her in multiple ways and you get a dog together and you kind of live through these 14 years of Henry and Julia's life. Um, and their dog Bucket. Right? You did Bucket. I did mayhem. Oh, I needed to do the German Shepherd. <laughs> That's so disrespectful. She wanted the dog, and then you didn't even go with her choice. That's such a compromise, so, but nobody's happy situation. <laughs> so actually, that's like another good point. Like, I think this this intro also did a good job at establishing who Henry is as a person. Um, just because some of the choices you have to make in this intro, like I kind of wanted yes. to go with choosing neither. <laughs> like, mm. there's one situation where it's like, oh, Julia comes home after clearly having a fun night out with friends. Like, you, A, yeah. ignore her, or B, mm. start a fight. And I'm like, uh, there's no, like, be happy with her and ask her how her night's been. <laughs> like, I know. Like, That's I, not in real life. Like Come on. <laughs> exactly. For fuck's sake. We've all been at least some. We don't let women have fun that. with friends here. <laughs> <laughs> not in this podcast. <laughs> and not in real life. Yeah, no, it's just, it's like, it, it's actually like so beautiful that they do that. I think there's a lot to be said. Like, cause I can just hear like the, the phantom voice of Adam saying, well, if the choices don't matter, then is it a game? And it's like, I think what's interesting about this, these choices that like don't mean anything. And cause like this intro is actually like almost a small condensed version of what Firewatch the game is, right? Like it's like where you get to make these choices throughout, but eventually they're going to take you down this path. It might feel different because of the choices you've made, but it's the same path. The same events are going to happen. But like, it's really beautiful here because they don't allow you to just sit there and be the moral high ground person that is easy to do in games where you're just like, like, exactly. Like when they say that that case you just said of like, do you be mad by ignoring her? Or do you be mad by like being mad uh, up front? It's like they're telling you that at this point, that person is at, is starting to get closer to their wits end. And you, the player who's been playing for six and a half seconds so far, are down to be like, let's make up. Uh, because you haven't experienced the years of of whatever's going on there. And so they don't let you escape it. They force you to see, like you've said, who that character is, but also where they are. They don't say this is a blank slate that you get to write yourself. He's, especially in a lot of the you know dialogue options, he's going to be gruff. He's not going to open up super fast. Like that's who he is. And it's a beautiful way of, of showing that and and still like marching through the story. Like despite the fact that maybe... You don't get to totally write it yourself, but it's like, it's actually like, that's the strength of it is that you don't get to write it yourself. They just want you to actually sit in those bad decisions and be like, fuck, this feels bad. Like this relationship's going a little south. Like what's happening here? I don't really like this, but you know. I, I mean, so. on the, yeah, on the topic of the, like, <clears throat> she just went out with her friends. I feel like there was more to it than like, she just went out and had a night with her friends. Right. That's what I recall was that there it was like there was some some significant lack of communication there. Um, But yeah, it was like she was gone for like four hours, like no contact. Right. She wasn't answering your texts or your phone calls and then she comes stumbling home drunk. Um, Right. Clearly, like, you know. 
or I guess the the game says not quite drunk, but clearly she's been having fun. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like yeah. So I mean, there are like situations that kind of warrant that kind of um that aggressive response from Henry. But yeah, like McCoy was saying, I like that it doesn't allow you to just cop out with the like the moral high ground of like, I'm going to be noble and I'm yeah. going to be like, you know, I'm going to be the better man in the situation. Another situation is like the job in Connecticut she gets. You can choose mm-hmm. your only two options for that. When yeah. Julia gets a job as uh, in Connecticut as a professor, the only two options you have. Oh, yeah. At Yale. Um, the only two options you have are have her agree to commute back and forth from fucking Colorado. Dude, that was the dumbest or, thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Or like convince her not to take the job. And like all the story tells you is like she wants to move to Connecticut. You absolutely do not. Yeah. And like, you know, it just kind of lets you know, like Henry is going to be stubborn he's going to like you know he's going to be so selfish in this moment he's going to have his wife commute back and forth two thousand miles from connecticut to colorado three times a semester just because you don't want to leave the comfort of your own home and just go out there with her well (laughs) and that's true but it's it's like it's more complicated than that, too, because like she could also be seen as being selfish for wanting to take a job that's far away that will like take him out of his environment or then he has to get a new. So it's like it's 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 actually like I feel like really highlighting things that happen in relationships where it's not necessarily like a fault thing, but it's like there there comes friction because there's two individual goals that don't meet. And then you try to keep it together and you and it's like that friction just exists and there's like no elegant way to handle it. And so what I love about that is it it starts you at the friction point and not before it says like the friction point is you don't want to move. Okay, now role play yourself in the moment in the hat that you don't want to move. Okay, you don't want to move. She wants to move. That's brutal. Like it could very easily be that no one wins. And as we joked about in the pre-show, like a compromise happens and nobody's happy. And that's kind of what happens is a compromise happens and nobody's happy. And like that is something that can happen naturally in relationships um, just based on, like I said, two goals that that differ. Uh, and that pressure is a lot. And especially like if they're going to set up like a story about you just basically wanting like wanting out or at least wanting a break, wanting to be free, like starting with that pressure of just things that that ended in compromises where no one's happy is like a beautiful way to just show you like this was Im- was imperfect and life is imperfect and this hurt um and this led you down this sort of curmudgeonly path and you started to sort of harden and coarsen to it and it's it's just a beautiful thing like it because it's like what's so amazing is like if you like you think about like if you were in high school, right? And you were talking to your friends about how a relationship went south. Uh, often it's like, yeah, I can't believe he fucking did that. Or alternatively, I can't believe she fucking did that. And it just depends on who you're talking to and what vantage point they have. But honestly, especially in adults, like even reasonable adults, I mean, he, while not being perfect, he does a lot for her. Um, perhaps maybe even too much or perhaps he's even too... Uh, 
compromised when he does it, but he does a lot. Um, but in the end, it's like, it just, it coarsens, like it, it, it sours and you get to watch it because it's not like it's her fault for wanting to go. And it's not like it's his fault for not wanting to go, but it happens. And that's where the game puts you. So that to me is just an <clears throat> utterly beautiful human thing that is so much outside to me, at least of the direct blame. It's into like the, this can happen. And now we have to deal with that. Just as, of course, we'll talk about later events for her when she starts to, her mental state starts to break apart. It's like, this can happen. It's not her fault that it happens. And it wouldn't even necessarily be his fault to want to get out. But now here's where he is. So it's it's tough. But that's where they want to put you, right where it's tough. Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, so, like, no matter what choices you make, though, in these situations, Julia ends up, you know, getting diagnosed with early-onset dementia. Uh, you can have the fleeting choice of taking care of her yourself or putting her in a home. Either way, like, both options have negative outcomes. Um, I believe... If you choose to take care of her yourself, you be like your house is in shambles. Her parents come to visit and they consider you to be an irresponsible like asshole and take her away to Australia uh, to live with them because of how irresponsible you are. And if you choose to put her in a home, you know, your friends basically ditch you because all of them are like damn, he put his wife at a home, like, what a cold-hearted son of a bitch. Which, again, that's another decision that's just, like, extremely difficult to make um, for any human. Um, I believe the first time I played through this, I chose to take care of her myself, because I was like, oh, he would do it for love. But then also, like, at the same time, you're just like, oh, this is a, you're asking someone to, you know, take care of another, like, human yep. being, like, in ways that are, you know, a lot more than just taking care of, like, the dog or, like, a child. Or, like, you're essentially taking care of a child. Just one that will, you know, yeah. is very confused and lost and yeah. doesn't know what's going on most of the time. It's so yeah. crazy because, like, you can look at the context of of talking with Delilah <laughs> later as, like, well, this is him cheating on his wife. And that's a totally valid way to look at it. You can also look at it as this is a man who hasn't been happy in X amount of years and he wants to be happy. And like you can look at it that way too. And this game I feel like presents a lot of opportunities where you can look at a scenario and see that both options are flawed in their own way and are not telling all the story <clears throat> and don't solve it in the way you'd like to solve it. And I just, I just yeah. think that's just flawlessly written in that way. And so, um, with that, you know, he, you know, Julia's whisked off to Australia to live with her family, family, which is hinted at in the story as not really being, well, he actually, Henry also tells Delilah later in the game, but like her parents are not fans of Henry. Uh, so they take her away to Australia. He finds a job in a paper as a, uh, as a fire watcher of the national park service and he goes ahead and takes it and so all the while while this like story's happening you know you're also kind of 
there's these blips in and out of the actual gameplay where you're playing as Henry walking into the forest from the parking garage, um, which, A, like, is the game setting you up being like, here's a fucking beautiful scene right here. Look at our gorgeous game. You're going to play this game. Like, aren't you lucky? <laughs> um and, it, and it, I mean, it is like the the scenes that play out as you're walking in the forest are just absolutely gorgeous. Like they literally toss every single color palette at you from like, you know, the lush mm-hmm. green meadows to like the blazing sunsets to just like nice, cool, dark night. Um, you know, there's, you know, deer that are running by you and you put your hand up to the sun and there's just this gorgeous light effect as it streams through your fingers and you're like screenshot <laughs> screenshot yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um but yeah like so that's kind of where the game starts and that's really all i wanted to go through i guess in chronological order and now i guess we could get into talking about the actual getting into the story but also the the gameplay itself um you know of this mechanic of you know talking to delilah as you're going about your uh forester duties as a fire watcher um and i mean i guess i will just start that off by saying that this game relies so heavily on voice acting because there's no there's essentially zero actually there are zero facial animations in this game um like you hardly even encounter a actual physical human being besides the guy in the helicopter at the very end. Um, everybody else is either just a shadow in the distance or like you're just corresponding with Julia or not not Julia, Delilah. And like and, one drawing, um, maybe of you or something like that. Right, exactly. You you know what you look like due to photographs and drawings. But they don't um, even give you Julia's you face though. Because the camera like yeah. obscures it. Right. Leaves leaves her with an air of mystery. Mm -hmm. Um, But I actually like this mechanic of, you know, chatting with Delilah as you're going about exploring this world only because like there's a there's a trope in video games that is always like really annoying. And I actually never really figured it out until I was watching Brandon play Beyond Two Souls the other day. And there's something really off putting and unimmersive about watching a person, you know, traipse around their apartment. And they pick up some trash and they're like, right, the trash, it's in the kitchen under the sink. And you're like, <laughs> bitch, it's your apartment. You should know where your trash is. But OK, whatever. I digress. <laughs> um, and so the, the chatting with Delilah actually gives a good reason for stuff to be explained to Henry uh, and to have game mechanics explained to you of like, you know, oh, what are these ropes doing here for? Oh, they're for bouldering. You know, you'll have to get some ropes yourself, you know, like, oh, my rope broke. Like, oh, looks like you'll have to find some more. Like, it's a way for Henry to kind of internalize the world and give these explanations that relay on to the player without it seeming unimmersive of like Henry being like, you know, I need an axe. <laughs> like, where do I find an axe? <laughs> yeah. No, I think they did a really good job by setting up Henry as like this like fresh-faced character to this world of forestry. Where it's very much just like him being like, Yeah, I don't really 
know a lot. Like, I'm an avid hiker. And that's about it. I took this job because I need it. And Delilah's just like, oh, that's totally cool. We kind of have, like, a weirdly <laughs> high turnover here. So... <laughs> It's totally cool. I'll just explain how these things work out here. And Henry's like, cool. And the player is like, cool. Because I'm going to assume most people playing this game are not avid foresters. <laughs> he is so tilted. He's like, come on, man. I knew what to do. <laughs> yep. That guy sucks. Wow, got him. I kind of wonder. By the way, fun fact. Like fun fact. When I first played this fucking game, uh, it was many years ago in 2016 or whatever. So we just said earlier. And I remember asking Keenan, who was my roommate at the time, do you want to play Firewatch with me? And he was like, oh, maybe like I got something to do today. I got like, some errands to run. Totally legit. I get that. And so I remember asking Elena, who was also a roommate of mine at the time uh, and still is, and being like, hey, like, do you want to play this game with me? And she's like, well, you know, I, I, and I don't remember what her excuse was, but, it, you know, similar excuse, probably errands. And so I was just like, OK, cool. And so I remember just playing it in the living room, just saying, like, OK, I'll just play it in the living room then. And. During the intro, Keenan walks by because he's about to get his keys to go out and he sees this intro sequence. And then he goes, hmm. And he sits down. And he did not stand up until we finished the game. And so then Elena walks by and goes, what? Wait, I thought Keenan wasn't going to watch this. Oh, is something interesting going on? She sits down and she did not get up until we finished the game. Like, that is just like the level of just sucked into this game you can be if you're willing. So anyways, I just, we, we, we said that Keenan sucked, but I want to also mention that he sat through this entire game and fucking loved it. Um, just a small little aside, <laughs> but it was just, it was just such a beautiful Perhaps. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very intense game. Um, yeah. for a game where kind of, you're not really doing a whole lot. Um, on the topic of those, like, uh, uh, the ropes. I kind of wonder if that was an abandoned game mechanic where you had to find ropes around and like move them around. And then at some point they were like, wait a minute, fuck this. This isn't fun at all. And just gave you a shitload of ropes. Yeah, that would have yeah. been brutal. Yeah. You'll find one <laughs> backpack that has an abundance of ropes yes. that will last you forever and you can just leave them lying around. I'm, I was appreciative. I don't yes. know if they were ever yes. debating yeah. about that or not. I mean, but right. But nice it feels like touch. the sort of thing where like they were considering like, oh, you have to like manage your ropes and like, you know, climb back up and detach it and then take it to somewhere else. And eh, fuck that. Well, you can think <laughs> the same about the. Uh, the caches i was about to call them weapon caches which they are not weapon caches but like the the boxes around like yeah, you didn't get the shotgun halfway fuck. through it really helps with the deer later on actually it really helps with the, the skinny dippers <laughs> you fire it into the air and they just start running they stop talking shit but like yeah like i found who's got a small a, dick now exactly would a small dick have a shotgun this large and they're like yes but they're also running like <laughs> anyways um it's like it's the same thing i think this game ultimately ends up having a rule that it follows uh that says essentially like all the all those collectibles and all that bullshit game mechanics that people think are fun like to hell with that shit like it's the same with the caches where you like you open one and it has some useful stuff in it i think maybe you open a second maybe it's the first one you get the flashlight or the second one you get the flashlight yeah. or something 
the first couple you get useful stuff and you're like fuck i need to get to all of them and it's like you don't they just almost immediately start having nothing but story in them because that's what this game is going to give you and you're going to fucking love it but that's what it's going to give you and and you can update your map and you can update your map yeah that's also but you don't it's like the one valuable thing of all of them i suppose but yeah it's true like some of them you open it's just like a bunch of pine cones and you're like the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want pine cones. <laughs> Where's my inventory? And button? Delilah's like, you know, people go kind of crazy out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. It's just, it's just they, they didn't like force you to collect anything, and I think just breaking yeah. free of like the needing to look behind that tree because you want to, uh, to find, or not even because you want to, you don't fucking want to, but you, you feel compelled. Because you need to have 10 out of 10 of whatever bullshit to have the good ending. Like, they just totally break free from that. And they're like, well, just ironically, though, they actually do have a lot of collectibles you can get that you then display in your area of your uh, your lookout tower. Right. So, yeah, I think like it, it was cool. That's not like a mandatory Turt thing. Turt Reynolds. Yeah, Turt Reynolds. I did not get Yo, the Shelly turtle. Shelly Duvall, bro. Where do you get the turtle? <laughs> Uh, the I turtle can it. be found in a lot of it, it can be found in multiple places but it's usually just chilling on a rock and you can pick it up and adopt it huh yeah you stick that shit in so your like, bag yeah <laughs> you stick it in your bag and then you have to make sure you pack them up when you evacuate your tower because of the raging forest fire outside at least i hope you all did if you I guys mean, didn't take your turtle with you no oh, I, I didn't grab I, him in the first place i i left him oh. in his natural <laughs> habitat yeah, I'm not a monster. monster. Dead. Hey! Dead. <laughs> <laughs> James and I are good people. Oh. Yeah. I was like, this game's fantasy. I'm going to adopt it. <laughs> and or I didn't find the turtle. <laughs> <laughs> also that. Wow, and. <laughs> yeah. But that's actually like sparks like some interesting conversation, though, because when I was doing research for this game, a lot of the complaints with this game were people being like this game poses such and such uh such and such mechanic as being a collectible thing and i did all this stuff and i got nothing for it and there was no payoff and what the hell is this even for um in particular the one that this one person was complaining about was the fact that you can pick up all the beer cans uh, that these girls i didn't even get an achievement for picking up beer cans in the forest (laughs) i did that right exactly i was like yo how dare these bitches litter I know. I'm yeah, too. For These real. girls went into the forest with like four cases well, of beer. Do you know how no, heavy that shit is? No, but did Holy they? Shit. No, no, but did, did they, they though? Because was it, was at the very Ned? end, exactly, you see one of those beer cans in Ned's place at the very end. Uh, his little that, or oh, he I stole their beer. He, he yeah, might have just one. I, was say, I thought he ransacked okay. it. McCoy, yeah. he had one beer can. I think it was the girls who had the packs of beer. Yeah, it's true. And they were also drinking them aggressively fast. <laughs> like, all of a sudden. I like, I can relate to that, but like, still, I was like, come on, man. <laughs> As a backpacker, where like when you're backpacking, every single ounce of weight matters. And like, to me, I was just like looking at those four cases of beer at their campsite, and I was just like, that shit's so heavy. These girls are monsters. Dude, they're swollen as fuck. <laughs> what are they doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um never underestimate the arm strength of two teenage girls exactly yeah Yeah, apparently they they must have some raging thigh muscles i don't know why they would have been scared of ned they could have taken him (laughs) 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 
But, uh, but I always felt that. Henry. <laughs> oh, Henry, absolutely. I always felt that uh, hilarious, though, that like people were doing stuff in this game, hoping for like payoff of some point, and the game's just like, no, <laughs> like, yeah, you you picked up all your beer cans. Good for you. Like, yeah. I'm proud of you. Like, you you did a nice uh, nice thing for the environment. But like, what else do you want me to do with this? So people are addicted um, to their like inside of game slash outside of game rewards for things. They just are, and it's like yeah. it's actually kind of sad because I think it leads a lot of people down paths of gameplay that they don't even enjoy. Where they're like, I got a hundred percent in that game, and then they'll be like subtext though i stopped having fun like halfway through and it's like well then why'd you continue it's like well i had to get the achievement or i had to get that sick weapon at the end and it's like you don't man what right, you, McCoy, have you don't to need do, to you don't need to personally call me out or anything i had to get that golden gun for a gun i don't even like the kilo um, <laughs> McCoy, please. we were talking about that earlier <laughs> um but it's like no what you have to do here is you have to do your best to get um enveloped in the world and eventually by the fire like that's what you have to do um and Get enveloped by fire yeah well you could i guess you, yeah not not exactly it just sounded nice in my head um i gotta <laughs> say close. i mean going back to your point about the ending i i gotta say because i was like at the very end like the game finishes and for a brief little bit i was that guy i was like what the fuck? There's like no payoff to the end of this game. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, no, this is actually very fitting. And I appreciate and respect that they chose to do that. Um, Because I think they, they wrapped it up so well. Not with like a nice, like, neat bow of like, oh, everything turned out all right in the end. Like, oh, you're, all your quote unquote choices mattered. But it was a very clean just ending of like, to to use the the Thanos meme reality is often disappointing that's <laughs> <laughs> like so yes relevant. it is yo post this episode on the fortnite I, forums I didn't, I didn't think that the ending was disappointing personally well, i mean I, I wouldn't say the ending is disappointing i would just say that it's like it's like the the harsh reality it's like you know you build up this this image in your head of delilah and like oh she's awesome and it kind of hit you know throws in like some little dash and hints of like oh she's into you or hey maybe there's something here right and then the game just ends with her being like yeah henry i'm i'm leaving now like i'm telling them to come back for you but i i need to go and then when you yeah. call her and you're like hey will it's like well what should we do like with our lives now and you can be like well you could come to boulder with me and she's like no <laughs> yeah no no seriously and you're just like yeah. oh she's like uh yeah did you forget you have a wife and you're like well i didn't forget <laughs> no but it's yeah it's oh god just that reality crashing at the end where where it just doesn't matter like how well you played it quote unquote for whatever your goal was it just doesn't matter yeah. like she's just gonna be like no i'm sorry and she even they hint at this arc this uh right at the beginning where they say like she just like abruptly in the beginning maybe potentially drunk says like well what are you running from because she's like well i know everyone who comes to this post is running from something and it's just like this beautiful like do you tell her about what you really are running from because she read you like a fucking book um and not only did she read henry like a fucking book 
back when I first played this, and maybe even now, she read me like a fucking book, the player too. And I'm like, damn, what am I running from? And it's just this beautiful like story of you, you can't escape what you're running from. Like oh, there yeah. are certain things you can't escape from. And it I told you McCoy like this. Uh, I told McCoy this earlier, but the the voice actress who does Delilah sounds exactly like my um, EMDR therapist. <laughs> so it's just like Jesus. It's like one long uh, therapy session. But wasn't it like a? <laughs> is it like a fantasy thing? Where you, have you ever been? You ever had the hots for your therapist? You don't have to answer this on air. I'm just curious if like this like. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna say. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, and, like, so, like, I find, like, the direction that the story takes, you know, there's, you know, you start off your your days doing mundane fire tasks, you know, you, you go tell off a bunch of skinny dippers shooting off fireworks in the middle of fire danger season, and then you, like, find out your cable's cut, so you're, like, cut off from, like, you know, talking to the outside world. And so that's a little eerie, I guess. These girls go missing and you're like, all right, that's wait, wait, wait. a little can creepy. We, can we stop like, on that's a little eerie, I guess? Right. <laughs> sure. That's sure. fucking terrifying. What's yeah, eerie about it? I don't understand. Oh, God. It's just like losing terrifying. Yeah, losing communication. Okay, I I, I did kind of downgrade that a bit. That that is a more serious matter. Thank you, James. <laughs> no, but like there are hints though earlier, like not at the eeriness, but at like the like they kind of make joking lines that I only noticed the first uh, second time through about like, oh, you think this is some conspiracy? Like, no, it's just some normal ass shit. And there's like hints at that until the wire cutting, and then a little further, then they start to be like, wait, 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 wait what the fuck is happening? Like something's happening more than the normal oh yeah this game i was expecting jump scares Mm -hmm. for a lot of this game there were like a couple (laughs) kind of like when you pick up the walkie-talkie and then he hits you on the back of the head yeah yeah that was kind of scary yeah or where you move that backpack and there's an alarm yeah fuck that yeah that that scared me oh fuck i was like ned ned this is not chill yeah i was like is that a bomb (laughs) yeah Dude, and that's where yeah, we right? need the shotgun. Exactly. Is this an IED in the Shit, forest? They went B. They went B. Where's Where's the fucking detonator? No. Dude, and then he plays it cool. Like ten minutes later, being like, "Yeah, dude, just walk up here. I'll show you my place." It's like, bro, you just nearly scared the shit out of me. And like, why? But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but they played oh, that. Oh my god. They going back. They played the fucking like, oh, it's a fucking conspiracy. No, it's not. You're just being silly. Into like, wait. This is fucking weird. Like, there's way more to this game than I thought. There is a conspiracy here. And you just that ride they take you on in the middle section. Where, at least for me, in the first time around, I was completely convinced that there was a conspiracy going. And that's what this game really was. And then it was one of those games that hides its true intent uh, until it, until you actually get into it. Right? Like, almost what happened with your Esther in the caves a little bit. Where you're just sort of like, but it's, you know, probably like different than that even. But just being like, wait, fuck. Like, there's an intrigue plot here. This is insane. Like, what's happening? I don't know. Did like, did it get for for you two that played it new this time? Like, did this section like convince you, or are you sitting there like going bullshit the whole time? I was um during that scene until I found the binder. I was kind of convinced that they were tracking the bear. Oh, and mm. that that like he would have 
take he was going to take the tracker thing and like go and search for what the fuck was it was like beeping on and then just have to run away from a bear get wow. mauled yeah Dude, that's awesome um which would have been kind of a funny like oh my god we were so freaked out about all this shit and then and then it was just a bear yeah yeah <laughs> like scientists you know i mean that's uh, hinted at what they're doing though they you can find a uh, the dead elk with the tracking collar on it Gotcha. Mm. so that's that's yeah. a hint of yeah. like you know that whole research station was like oh yeah no they're actually like just tracking wildlife but then this insane dude broke in and used it for his own nefarious purposes right right oh man yeah he just uses it to fuck with them like yeah like that was kind Henry of unclear like, are... was he obsessed with delilah and like mad at you for so, flirting with her or something like so no, he so was what... oh go ahead I was just going to say, so what it was is, you know, he essentially got his son killed and that yeah. just like broke him. And yeah. since the son's body was like pretty much underneath uh, the lookout tower, just like anyone who was there, he was like, I can't let them. I can't let anyone discover the truth. Yeah, right. Um, And, it and then just, he like, just lets it, you discover the truth. Yeah, it was kind of a 180 <laughs> at the very end. Um, but, In fact, he yeah. leads you to it. Yeah, yeah, but it was very much just like the case of it, these two people are here in the like the immediate zone um, of where my son's yeah. body is. So they just kind of become the unfortunate victims of my like delusions. And, and maybe like a so definitely that, and maybe like a small added hint of him being into Delilah. I think there's right. a little bit of of him just making weird comments about her in some of the writings. Um, Such as what? I guess I never really got that. All I saw was just like all of his like timestamps of like D drunk again. Yeah. D drunk again. What yeah. was it he said? He was like. Talked about oh, feelings for two hours. There's one there thing was some I'm thinking comment of. About like. No wonder, like, Dave was into her as well or something like that. Yeah, it was like she's like a tape cassette oh. that you don't need to flip or something. Yeah. Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah, she's a record okay, you don't need to it. flip. If you know what I'm saying. And I'm like, I didn't quite follow what you're saying, but I'm going to talk about this authoritatively on a podcast later. So what he's referring to, <laughs> what he's referring to is that she talks a lot. Okay. And right. Yeah. That's what I thought that. Yeah. Happened, but. It's like, you right. know, it's okay. like you can listen to her forever because she doesn't like she doesn't oh, stop okay so that is kind of admiring yeah, yeah. maybe it doesn't it was like you know, it's like free entertainment it's essentially a podcast hell yes yeah she's exactly. a podcast but from the 80s <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah. yeah so yeah and like uh Oh god, I just lost my that clip. Well, and so I also well, so I also like I also kind of got the idea that like originally it was Ned trying to like keep Henry away from the cave and yep. just keep his secret covered. But then I also think he was just kind of doing it because he was a bored mountain man who just wanted some <laughs> fucking entertainment. So he was just like yeah, okay, I'm going to type up these reports and, like, you know, make it seem like they're part of a conspiracy. Like, he makes the one, like, a side note in, like, the chat logs of being, like, 
they think it's a part of a government conspiracy. It's like, that's hilarious or something like, like he, yeah. it's like, he sees them buy into it and he's just like, Oh, I can go all the way with this shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. hell yeah. These scientists aren't yeah. returning to this site in like, you know, until August. Like I love, I'm totally going to mess with that. <laughs> I love the shifting that was in the narrative of the reports where it's first, he's like, Oh, these guys are dumb. I can easily like fuck with them. And really steer them into the whole like government conspiracy thing to then when Hank discovers everything and you see in the report, he's like, shit, fuck, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) They got me. (laughs) Oh my God. Did you guys ever read a fucking, there was a New Yorker article about this and it was like this like psychologist that like went rogue and then decided that he was going to do like some fucking real hardcore psychology like down on the like the lowdown and he like bought a motel and then he drilled holes in all of the room's ceilings and then just studied all of the people there having sex for like years the fuck yes yes it's crazy (laughs) no he studied that sounds like being a pervert with extra steps it, it it is, but he wrote but he wrote down meticulous <laughs> notes and in like a scientific way about like this That's similar so shit odd. where it'd be like couples fighting, like you know just like all the sorts of shit about them and then it'd be like they end up having sex like the makeup sex appears to be a bit more aggressive like it was like all this shit. Uh, well, it is how you yeah. get the most raw data. So he would literally be up. <laughs> no, seriously. That's that was the thing. It's the raw data. Like that's oh, the whole God, he, he would he would be up in the rafters. Like he would literally and uh it's like some crazy story about how his original wife was like really into that too. So then they would go up there and have sex while other people are having sex, slash while he's writing his notes, like at the same time. And then like his wife like divorced him, and then like a new wife comes in and he held had it hit it from her, or some nonsense. But anyways, it has the same uh, feeling of just like that scientific note taking from a distance of people. And it's just such a fucking creepy thing. It's such a fucking creepy thing. Holy shit. So when you fucking freaking first get the um the binder and it says what you've been saying back and forth and not just does it say what you've been saying back and forth, but it says that one particularly risque conversation that Delilah has with you, right? Where she's extra flirty mm-hmm. and you're like, fuck. Because it's just that feeling of like, oh, this is my dirty laundry found. Like, I thought I was escaping, but here we are. And I, I don't know if there's ways you can make that conversation less dirty laundry. Um, like, is there? But I just know that, like, it is like, fuck, if people have this, then that's like this character's. Yeah, like, yeah. Like dirty laundry. It's like, why why record this? Right. You know? And I think, like, they. I feel like the game could have easily, like, had their record conversation be the one line Delilah say, says about the research station of, like, we should just burn the place down. Like, I feel like they could have just had that be the blackmail. Oh, that that was but my I blackmail. Think, yeah, that was my blackmail as well. The The binder that well, I'm referring yeah. to was earlier. Like, no, the first hint you I ever think, get. No, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. Zoe's so saying what I'm it's saying, like that was the only thing that you got, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, if that was the only thing they did, it'd be, like, I don't think it would be as hard-hitting if they didn't also have that kind of peeping Tom, yeah. you know, uh, concept, I suppose. Like, I, like, because, yeah, like, the first time you read it, you're just kind of like, ooh, wait, uh, like, that gives me the creeps, I guess. I don't know. The first time I played through, I rejected Delilah, so I was just like, you know, 
oh man, Delilah looks like she's really coming on to me. Whatever. But like, <laughs> miss me with that shit. But like, <laughs> when you do try to flirt with her and like the conversation does get sexual and then you see it in writing the next day, you're like, yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> what? Well, it's like a beautiful way at like, we've already referenced like with the decisions earlier, how like, there's like a societal pressure to like, you should be the one to take care of your spouse uh, based on this illness. Like you should be the one to suffer. That's like what society says. In this case, society is represented by your friends that, that ditch you. But it's kind of the same thing here where it's, it's not quite society, but like the second you realize that someone else heard that conversation, you feel exposed. Like, oh my God, I'm going to be judged for this. Like, no, this was private. Get the fuck out of my, like this. Yeah. Wait, what the fuck? Like I, oh. You know what I mean? So like it, it's it's a beautiful way of once again ex- introducing that idea that like you you kind of know what at least if you accept her in any way. And my playthrough was ridiculous. It was like kind of accepting her kind of not depending on what she was saying. It made no sense. Um, but I had also played it again already <laughs> and I forgot what I did the first time. But um, like it's just like you know uh, that some of the things you can say are wrong. And especially like the way they do the dialogue in this game, like you'll pick an option. And it's a feeling, like it's a direction, like, no, you shouldn't do this. But he doesn't just say, no, you shouldn't do this like a Mass Effect character. <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't say Mass Effect, but like, you know, those games that like, they literally just read the line you off should. and you're like, nice. It's not like that. They read the line off and then they give you a little more and then they give you a little more and then they give you a little more and it evolves. Like some of these things that he emphasizes for the third times really fucking hurt. Like when she was like drunk and trying not to deal with the fact that that she's pretty sure that they're being watched. And you could just say like, I don't think drunk is the best idea. And he doesn't just say, I don't think drunk is the best idea. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he keeps like hammering it. Like, this is not appropriate. You can't be compromised right now. Your life is in danger. And he keeps going on it. And you're like, damn, damn, be a little easier on her. It's like, you know, like it, they kind of, this game does a really good job of like whisking you down in the direction. Once you choose a choice. And you really get to like go further than just like one step. All right. Do you want to change course? It's like, no, 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 no. These choices take you further than that. Um, I had that with an option when uh, they were talking about like the conspiracy and she like told me something and then I had the responses and I saw one that was like, uh, said like, you're in on this. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. She's in on this. She understands that there's a conspiracy going on. Oh, no. And I selected <laughs> oh, that. No. And then it was like, you're part of this, aren't you, you bitch? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was like, boy, I misread that one. <laughs> I thought it was like, yes, you agree with me. Awesome. And you're like, restart day. And <laughs> dude, I, oh, my God. I felt playing this game. I felt like I fucked up dialogue so many times. Yeah. There was a one point where I angered Delilah and she stepped away and I was like, ooh. (laughs) Was it like kind of near the beginning when she's like having a conversation with somebody else and it's like, know me about you? And so you're like, what the fuck was that? And she's like, I'm mad at you for asking this question and leaves. (laughs) Exactly. I was like, excuse me? (laughs) She could have just, she could have literally just said like, it wasn't about you. Back off. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, and that would have been. It was literally totally about me. normal. Hello? <laughs> so actually this this is a perfect like this is a good segue I think into Delilah's character. Um cuz like Delilah as a character, you know, she she's got her quirks and she's got her flaws and I think just more importantly Delilah is like 
the pinnacle of the unreliable companion. Um, like Delilah herself is so unreliable throughout this entire story, and yet her words and her perception of things is what kind of encourages you to go down this rabbit hole with her in a way. Um, like we we always like, you know, she's our boss. So first of all, like Delilah already has this like authoritative stance over you um in the game. But then like, you know, we we depend on her throughout the game for context and you know, but she's really like throughout the game has proven again and again just how um impulsive and you know she overreacts at a lot of things you know you you just ask her about like what the hell she's talking about on the walkie talkie and she's like fuck you like i'm i'm you know going radio silent on you but then also like she's also just very unreliable as a boss like yeah i don't know the sure. first time it really questioned for me it's just like you mean to tell me delilah that you don't know that there's a research station in our fucking park, like, a couple, like, a half mile from your outpost, like, you're not aware of a research station that's erected in this area? Because she's just like, huh, what? Well, like, What's well, that like, it's in a ravine. It's perfect. No one can see it. And you're like, oh, thank God. Great positioning. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, she, like, she, she never, never actually knows. Her, it's true. Her, tower. No, her, her radio yeah, is she, like a headset, bro. Like, yeah. Yeah. And she never actually knows what happens to like literally anyone at the park. Like Yeah. You ask her about Ned and Brian and she's like, I don't know, they they disappeared like a couple of years ago and you're like, uh disappeared and she's like, Oh, you know, people come and go. Like oh, it's whatever. And she yeah. also lies you, know, you ask like twice on the public record. Yes. For like Right, yeah. <laughs> and one of them like pretty explicitly like was a bad call and the other one led to the death of a child like yeah yeah ugh. oh man right she that one is hard though because it's like oh I, I totally get that why that's awful but like fuck yeah you're telling me like a kid you know up for the summer with his dad like they're doing this oh, it's probably not the best but oh Oh, it sounds so lovely on the front, right? Like he's just trying to like yeah. bond with his son and this is his element. They do so much to spell out that the son's element is some nerd ass shit, like that video game toy that you saw. Um <laughs> <laughs> some nerd ass shit, exactly. <laughs> and his dad is just or yeah, his dad is just so not that. And so you're like, fuck, like on the one hand, like that's such a great thing for them to be doing together, but it's also incredibly dangerous. Oh, that's uh yeah that one's like a little i i guess that one's a more like mucky i guess in terms of like did she make the right decision or not but Absolutely. i think it is important like she doesn't like to take responsibility yeah for things as a boss and yet like you can tell like when things blow up in her face you know she yeah. really goes hard on herself oh yeah like I don't know. When she falsifies the police report, like, in my playthrough, I told her, like, oh, these two skinny dippers went missing. Like, I was the last to see them. Yeah, I'll talk to police. And then the next day, she's like, yep. Yeah, so I actually told them we didn't see them. And I was like, what like, the why? fuck? Yeah. Like, Delilah. Yeah, me too. I was like, why? Why? So I'll tell you why. Here's why. 
because she is delightfully flawed in this game yeah i think that's what makes her such a strong i mean obviously like why in the context of why did you do that in that imageable instance but like why they chose to make her that way is because it just positions her so beautifully to also be running from shit and clearly flawed and not out here because she's amazing but out here because she fucked up over and over again in life and she had to run yeah just like you did and so it's this beautiful way of positioning her right next to you as being fucked up and being a human and like all of her flaws just like amount to that being like this is a person and like oh man oh my god yeah. just like they had such faith in all of their parts for this game they had faith in their voice actors that which they didn't have very many they had faith in their artists fun fact did you know that they recorded like re- like they recorded in separate studios and they vowed never to meet until rap wow and then she pounced out at the last minute (laughs) 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 no continue though that was just a fun little tip that i saw that they like basically vowed to like they they did they recorded their lines together via conference call in separate recording booths but they never actually could see one another and they vowed never to actually meet one another or like look each other up on the internet to figure out who the other person was until recording was finished because they just wanted to keep that like distance in their recording of their lines that's cool that's fucking awesome and it it paid off i don't know like they had such a great faith in all the parts to this game they had faith in their writers to to start the game with almost a text like choose your own text adventure for like a little bit of it and not only does that work, it like works amazingly. Then they had faith, obviously, in their artists to just make things beautiful all the time. They had faith in their uh, voice actors to like have an, just a stellar performance. Like, can you imagine if Delilah sucked? Like, if her voice actor was bad? Like, this game like lives or dies based on her because like, I don't know, there's something. It reminds me of like, online communication you know and like like it reminds me of like fucking facebook messaging someone where it's like you don't see them and so in some ways you're it's like easier like in some ways you're protected from like certain things like certain social things like even just like a social hierarchy of looks like you don't know what they look like they could be stunningly attractive or horribly unattractive but it doesn't matter because you can cut past that and just see their soul for who they are and just like listen to what they're saying. And that like allows you to be a little bit bigger than yourself. Uh, and that's like a really cool thing. But also in tandem with that, it has just, at least for me, such a clear like feeling of, of like loneliness and like sadness. Like despite like talking to her all the time it's like and despite the fact that she can be whatever you want her to be in your mind like you still feel so lonely and so sad like out there at least for me that's what i was getting through the whole game it's just like Mm. the communication with her is so good and her character is so good but i just it just feels a little flat because i don't have a person in front of me do you know what i mean did anyone get that or is that just me like um, 
I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say that flat is the right. Okay. Kind of word. Yeah. But I mean, it was definitely like a lonely experience. Um, a kind of a a. a like longing and pain. Yeah. I guess, yeah, and I don't mean to say that like the game was worse because of it. I think it was better because of it. I think they were going for it. But like, it's just there was, it just felt like you wanted more personal connection. Like you wanted more. Yeah. Then you that's could That's kind of what I meant with like longing. Okay. And that's, that that's like such an incredible metaphor for him dealing with his wife, right? Yeah. Um that uh I mean in both contexts of her leaving for work and then developing Alzheimer's. Um that like you're 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 trying to make a connection over and over again, but mm. it's just it's just gone. Leading. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, and I, in a way, I feel like like the people that come away from this game hating it because it it didn't give them their exact expected desire, and like I would keep on hearing again of like you know I wanted you know I wanted X Y and Z and this game did not give it to me the story did not give it to me and I'm just kind of like that was kind of the point <laughs> yeah like, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not a not... wish fulfillment game yes this game does not give a fuck about what you think this game is going to tell you and make you feel what it thinks all right and... calm down there Ben Shapiro <laughs> what is that what he says <laughs> I don't care about what you think <laughs> Um, all I know is I don't click on those videos because they always have like the most inflammatory titles possible. Like Ben Shapiro Rex Libtard. And you're like, well, I'm not clicking on that. Like, <laughs> yeah. come on, man. Like, well, his, his thing it? is always uh, facts don't care about your feelings. I see. I see. Oh, God. Uh, it's just it's just like I, I there are so many games that have a blank slate and get you to like they get to meet, try to mold to you. But this game is like, I want to tell you a story. And I want you to feel this story as close as you possibly can. And I just, I fucking love that, man. Like, yeah. just thankfully, these guys did such an amazing job at it. Um, and I'm also just curious, like, okay, like with the people complaining, if this game, okay, say, you know, we we entertain these upset people and say the game has an ending where it is a huge, big government conspiracy. Um you know, Delilah has been fake this entire time. She's just been a recording in a watchtower. Or what if she's the one being. that's been recording your conversations the whole time? Right. Yeah, sure. Right. Like, and so, like, the game could have done some ridiculous shit like that. And people would probably be entertained for maybe, like, the one or two minutes they get to that conclusion and then, like, promptly forget about the game. But also I would think that an ending like that, like my first playthrough, I was actually really worried that it was going to be some big conspiracy theory because I'm just like, that's kind of tacky. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, I think there's like a trailer. Like, this seems a little overdone. This seems like a little too good to be true. Yeah. Like, this seems impossible. Yeah. Like, and then I was afraid that the game was going to bend over backwards to try to like make it make sense that they were being monitored. And then like, I'm glad that it didn't because otherwise I just would have thought it would have been just like, I don't know, just another like action adventure cash grab that like didn't have any substance behind it yeah like instead it sets up these feelings you feel them at least i did immediately the first time i played this game and the second time i fucking was like oh my god i am so vulnerable in this moment and then not only that they let you like the character run from those feelings that they just gave you they let you run and, and envelop yourself in this conspiracy and roll with it and then they rip that shit right out from under you and say back to it again because this is where you are wake up it's fucking brilliant <laughs> like i remember the, oh, the actual feelings of isolation that this game gives it's masterfully done both visually and also audibly mm-hmm. um in particular like one thing that call, comes to mind that like was the first moment in the game where i actually felt scared or spooked was right after you first discover Wapiti Station and you need to go to grab the, um, it's not an axe. They call it something more technical. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So in the game. So in the dark, the dude standing up on the hill just looking at you didn't spook you? Well, so I was a little bit spooked, but then Delilah diffuses that by doing that, you know, that classic line of like, there's something I've got to tell you about this place. It's outside. Yeah, you're going to find <laughs> yeah, people. there's people who just go and do what they please. It's madness. And then you get <laughs> like, home and it. your home is fucked up. Yeah, true. True. Well, and he, okay, was, so like, he was so close to your house. True. No, but like, okay, so, so I was like feeling curious in those moments, I'll say. Like, I honestly thought it was just the girls trashing my place and then I discover mm. their I discover my sheets at their camp and I'm like, yeah, it was those fucking girls. Like, what the fuck? But um, then their shit's trashed and, and you're like, wait, but, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh like the actual time that I actually kind of felt very exposed and spooked, like where I felt like anything could jump out at me. Because by that point in the game, when you first discover Wapiti Station, you had already been hit over the head. So I was like, okay, I'm in fucking danger. Mm. But like, you discover the station and you need to go to where the firefighters are. And I was just kind of standing there staring at my map, trying to figure out the like the path to get down to that place. And the sound in that location is just wind brushing up against the chain link fence but it literally kept on sounding like people were behind me, yeah. like something was behind mm-hmm. me, something was creeping up on me. Yeah. And it was just the trees rubbing up against the fence and creating that little, you know, the, those little sounds. But that was the first time where, like, my first playthrough, there were a couple times where I just kept on, like, whipping down my map and then doing, like, a 180 and being like, what, where, who, what? And then, like, okay, go back to the map. Fuck, where was I? Okay, yeah, I need to go this way, this way. Wait, wait, what? Whoa, God, okay, I'm too scared. Like, the sound design in that location of just having the wind just gently rattle the chain link fence there. But I feel like they intentionally did it in a way to make it sound like something was close by. Um, I thought it was masterfully done, uh, Mm. the sound design in that 
particular location um just to make you feel like exposed and on edge um and just alone i was right right there with you but as we all know i'm a wuss and um i was also totally freaked out a bunch of other times <laughs> reasonable wait you End can't story. this game yeah. is scary <laughs> Dude, yeah, I was surprised like, by in the, the vibe in it the has. fucking in the cave. I was like, "You're gonna turn around, and there's a guy just looking at you." I was just convinced <laughs> of that the entire time I was in that cave. Well, you do turn around. There's a guy, but unfortunately, he's not looking at you because his head smashed. Yeah. And then I thought when it said step over and you like slowly step over, I was like, there's a dude behind me now. <laughs> dude, your trauma <laughs> sensors are just like on full alert. Just like it's, absolutely. Th terrified. That's what was happening. Like the whole game. I was like, all right, when is this shit going to become a horror game? When is this shit going to become a horror game? <laughs> is it now? It's now, isn't it? It's now. It's now. Oh, yeah. fuck. Nope. It wasn't now. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> Yeah, well, to be fair to like, to be fair to James, it was like, there's a point where, yeah, after you go down to the lake and the dude hits you over the back of the head, the game yeah. completely shifts tone where it's like, oh, you're just like out, you know, being a forester, out exploring the wilderness. Things are like, maybe, I can't remember if things had gotten like a little weird at that point, but it was like, it's whatever. But then once, yeah, you get assaulted. Things are weird from the beginning. I mean, all right. But yeah. But, like, after, like, that moment happens where you get jumped, then, like, the entire rest of the game, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? I thought I knew this game. And now yeah. it's, like, anything can happen. Yeah. Right, and then they pull, like, the classic horror movie trope when you, like, first find that alarmed bag, and Delilah's like, well, you're back in your tower now. Yeah. And you're no, just I'm like, not. I'm not back in my tower. Yeah. And you're, I was just like, wait, fuck, I don't want to go back. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, and of course they make that comment early about, like, yeah, we decided that giving these people that have a lot of alone time and sort of go insane half the time, like, guns is a bad idea, so... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and you're like, fuck. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. It's a... Uh, it, it, this, the story, I, I don't know. I felt like the that side, like the pacing of the story was just really great. Yep. Like, like we said before, just all of these, you know, very scary feelings are kind of coming up to this climax. And then everything just gets revealed very simply. Yep. Um. And what I find just to be so human in that moment is the fact that, you know, uh, Ned has the tracker lead up to his own, like, cool little uh, bunker area that Henry will discover as he's trying to evacuate. And Henry discovers all the things, discovers that the conspiracy wasn't actually a conspiracy. He discovers that, you know... Everything that they've been worried about this whole summer, from the girls being missing all the way till like feeling like they're being listened in on and tracked and being used as experiments, like when he realizes that it's all for nothing and he's talking to Delilah about it, you just hear the disappointment in his voice oh, yeah. of that it's yeah. all nothing. Oh, yeah. Like, 
you could tell, and this is where the voice acting just really shined, but you could tell that they wanted it so badly to be something. You know, they wanted to be like a, you know, a story to take home. You know, they wanted it to have this experience of feeling, you know, exposed in the middle of the forest and have it be this huge conspiracy. But when it all turns out to just be like a mountain man's, you know, nutcase entertainment, and that's all it ever was, like, you just hear that disappointment. To be fair, that's pretty fucked up um, still. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it's still true. a good story to, like, you know, take home to your kids. But, you know, you kind of just hear them, like, being like, well, I kind of feel silly now, like being so scared. But no, it it had to have been something. There, there, like I think Delilah yeah. says, like it, it. There has to be more. Like I don't, I don't know what to say, but like, you know, there there has to be more to the point where she's convinced herself that Ned murdered his own child because yeah. she just wants to take away something. Well, she also hates him from dude. the findings. Yeah. Well, yeah, she hates him, but also, like, I, I felt like she also just didn't want to accept it as yeah. a climbing accident. Yeah. I mean, as as Henry, I chose the voice options of just trying to, like, calm her down and tell her, like, I don't think he murdered him. Like, I think it was an accident. I think he was just, you know, trying to teach his kid how to climb and there was an accident. And just you can hear Delilah just be like, no, he's a fucking murderer. And like, yeah. it's all my fucking fault. Like, again, that impulsive nature of her just wanting to wanting to create her own story and just roll with it for as far as it will take. But her she also it comes back and bites. Her. She also didn't want to accept fault. Right. Yeah, right. Because then if, if she had and let I, the, him do all that and then that ended up being the, the death of that kid that she actually liked. Right? Like, that's what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if if it was if it was the dad murdering him, then it wasn't her fault that right. he was still out there because the dad was insane. Right. But if it was yeah. just an accident, then, you know, if she had reported it, the kid wouldn't have died. Doesn't she also like dip out of that conversation when you're in that like final Ned's hideout? I seem yeah. to recall like she just kind of goes radio yeah. silent and you just start, which is such a brilliant use of their mechanic already, where you can just like point at everything and talk about any little thing and then she makes fun of you for talking about any little thing because you're one of those lookouts that just won't shut up. And then you're just like talking about stuff like, well, no, there's this here, there's this. And it's just silent. She's like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm gone. Well, that's the thing I kind of, I kind of felt like it it almost seemed like there was some disappointment. Yes. But like, it seemed like with Henry, it was more so like kind of like a relief. But with her, it was just like, she just like shuts down. Yeah. She just until where you're even like, yeah. And you're just like, yeah. Oh, wow. He has like all this stuff out here. You know, he looks like he's been living out here for a while. like stealing supplies. And she's just like whatever it's like oh, it's kind of impressive and she's like dude take a picture to last longer then you're yeah. like right okay. yeah she literally it's just like if you want yeah. to remember like, by it, the way i did <laughs> yeah thank you very much <laughs> dude i took all that stuff i was like this will be evidence <laughs> yeah dude that's another brilliant little fucking touch there during the fucking credit scene when they show all the pictures that you took oh and then they end yeah, with the I pictures that were already picture. on the film I forgot about the camera until, like, the very end, and I just took a picture of the forest fire. 
and was like, all right, I used the camera once. Yo, shit's on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it, one kind of like wonderful touch that I think the game does is like when you first get the camera, like yep. uh, Delilah says something like, oh, like try not to take any photos that would scar a photo dome employee. Yeah. And like all of the let's plays like because people like took the camera to be like an evidence thing so they would take pictures of the teens camp they would take pictures of like their belongings being strewn everywhere and everyone would take a photo of brian's dead body <laughs> in the cave and it's just oh like oh my god supposed to not scar a photo what's i took a picture of that as evidence what what's the youtuber that fucking did that shit they like went to a fucking japanese fucking like Logan Paul. Is it Logan Paul? Oh, Logan yeah. Paul. Like, yeah, they all had was. their fucking Let's Play Logan Paul moment, and then they went on their high horse on Twitter like, how could he ever do this? Anyways, back to Firewatch, where I take pictures of dead kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, all my pictures Ooh. are just beautiful I just, I just thought that was a funny little touch, because then, like... Because the first time I treated the camera like evidence and then like all the photos coming up at the end credit scene, like the first photo that comes up is like the dead kid, and I was like, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> maybe, like, maybe that wasn't very tasteful and then like you know the this time that i played through i just made sure to do all these like beautiful scenic moments because this game also on the topic of the camera does a great dr- job at training your eye at just framing these perfect scenes in front of your eyes where you have no choice but to pull out the camera well james apparently didn't but whatever i digress <laughs> um like i don't know like there's uh right when you're on the hunt to find the untapped walkie-talkie and you're going to cottonwood creek and you turn the corner and there's this huge cottonwood tree and there's a setting sun right behind it and it's just this gorgeous shot right as you turn the yep. corner like you just kind of turn the corner and you're like whoa nice tree picture yes this will go into my this will go into my collection <laughs> um i don't know like another part that i thought they did so well like you know you're in the cave and there's like some a light beam shining from you know the ceiling and you look over the edge where the light is shining and you just see one of brian's shoes just yeah there yep and you're like uh oh <laughs> something's something's not right oh no um and, you know, when you find Brian's backpack, you know, you're kind of looking in like a pretty like, you know, forested area. And then you look and then you all you can see, but it's in a perfect shot is just some ropes dangling off the edge of a cliff. And you're like, huh, like it makes you curious and it makes you want to investigate. Um, And I just thought they just did a, such a good job it, in a game that kind of feels semi open worldish they still do a very good job at showing you the direction you need to be going in some cases which doesn't mean i didn't get lost i still got lost in the game sometimes but i was happy to get lost but there, but uh, did you did you update your map yeah no i i i See, I would update my map, and then sometimes, like, when I had to get to a location, I would find, like, the general direction that I needed to go. Oh, like, and okay, then just I not need to look go at northwest. your map? Yeah, and then I would just free roam. Uh. You know, just because I didn't want to be so trained onto it that I missed some also, stuff. Also, you can't run. I wanted to just enjoy the scenery. You, you, you can't run. Not with your map out. 
Oh, yeah, not with, not with the map right. out, yeah. I was just like, you go backpacking and you can't use a map and compass to figure out where you're going. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, so. What the fuck? No, like, that's ugh. Fuck. <laughs> I will say, what do you think in comparison, because I, I couldn't help but think of Dear Esther, especially because uh, we've talked about it recently, uh, but I couldn't help but think of Dear Esther and the comparison in walking simulators here, because if I recall correctly in Dear Esther, there was no run button, and not only was there no run button, your your walk was very slow, whereas here you can run, uh, and I just think it's interesting, like like the design difference between those two and like how they allow this world to be much more sprawled out. Um, and they allowed you to run around and they allowed you to, to do all that. Uh, and I just, it's weird. I think the vistas in this game are truly amazing and the art style is truly amazing, but I still think I might, I'm not sure if they were quite as good as dear Esther. It's like such a silly thing, but I like, I, I never thought I would play a game that would top, the vistas this game gave me i think maybe dear esther does um not that we need to have that discussion but it was just one of those things of like oh wow i really see i I just hadn't played many uh walking simulators at the time but uh anyways outside of that though one thing that is uh cool is for the pacing of the story is that at some point in the middle like on the first couple days you're walking around and you're getting to know the environment but at some point they say hey man i need you to go to the bottom right corner of the map and you're like okay and then they're like i need you to go back to the top left corner of the map and you're like fuck i'm gonna have to walk and it's like no they like because you sit there in your head and at least i thought okay small development team they need to pad out their time they're gonna make me walk and it's like they would not dare fuck with their pacing like that and like nearly immediately after that they cut the day you know, and you teleport back to the tower or you teleport to where you need to go. And so there's just like, even though you do get lost a little bit, and I definitely did, uh, they are just so expert in their ability. Like when the story is starting to mount, like just as the fire is starting to build, just as the smoke is starting to build, they start doing everything they can to keep that pacing going. And I just, I just fucking love that part. Like I just, I thought like, wow, here's where they ruin it by making me retread or backtrack. And they just... It, it never really felt like backtracking, despite the fact that they you do walk through the same environments like a lot. At least for me. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because like the first couple of days, it kind of feels like that slow meditative pace. Um, but then suddenly, like you jump from like day three to day nine to day sixty four sure. to day seventy seven, and it all just suddenly seems like a breakneck pace. Right as like the series of events is like climaxing as well, um, it kind of helps with that franticness of like I don't know. I even felt like my movements in the game kind of mirrored the jump in time. Just because you know the first three days, I'm like I will not hit that R toggle button. I will walk and enjoy the scenery. But then like by day 77, it's like, okay, I've been to all these places and now I have to get over here and get over here and run, run, run. And oh God, the forest is on fire, but I somehow still need to track this tracker that's beeping at me. So like, I don't want them to leave without me. So run, (laughs) just we're not going to walk while there's a fire around us. We are going to run (laughs) and be panicked and... I don't know. It was it was a nice little compliment. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. Uh, is there anything else? I guess I don't know if we did chronologically like get to the end. But is there any other pieces of this story that people want to jump out on before we maybe wrap this bad boy up? Right. So I just want to talk about just the beautiful parallel between the three different stories that are in this game. Um, you know, the story between Henry and Delilah, the story between Ned and uh, Brian, and then the story between the letter <clears throat> correspondence of Dave and Ron. Oh, shit. Our lovely buddies Dave and Ron in that, you know, you only figure out their story through letters in the cash boxes. Um, but I just thought it was really beautiful how all of them essentially had the same, uh, theme of just trying to escape from some part in their real life and having the forest consume them in some way. Um, you know, whether that be madness or by death, um, like, for instance, like, you know, we've, we've said before, Hank and Delilah, like, Hank is running from his, you know, reality of his wife having Alzheimer's and just feeling like a complete fuck up and just feeling like he can just escape it all in the forest. And he gets consumed by his own isolation and paranoia that is fed by Delilah, who's experiencing her own version of... uh you know, her own version of escaping real life. You know, she abandons a lover of eight years. I think it was eight years, five years. I'm not sure. But she ab abandons a long-term lover just because she didn't want to deal with his shit. Um, his his shit, a.k.a. So, a family funeral? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. It'll be easier without um, you. Never mind. That was a lie. Get out of here. Yeah, that's not a that's not a a, a, a good move. Oh, right. I loved that. I loved that because um, she toys with you, but to watch her like fumble and to like really feel the pain of like her because she she connives a bit, you know. She tries to like optimize shit for herself, and to see that bite her like really bite her and like fuck mm. her up and force her to get out was like so beautiful because and then she like, lied yeah. about it to her sister in order to avoid the blame yep yeah right dude right, right where yeah. she was like yeah he was just fucking around <laughs> god damn yeah he fucked her neighbor <laughs> it's like what his brother just died he didn't deserve Which that side? shit the left or the yeah, right i'm just curious like delilah <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah so like there's there's that you know, underlying theme. But then, you know, you also have Ned and Brian. And, you know, Ned is described as being a PTSD-ridden asshole. But, like, clearly he's a guy scarred by what I would assume to be war. You know, so he tries to escape his real life with his son by, you know, living out in the wilderness um, just to escape the harsh realities of his PTSD-ridden life. Um and in Ned's case, you know, the force is successful in overtaking him and consuming him. You know, he Ned is the representation of the madness that can actually overtake you. Ned is like a reflection of what Henry could be if he let himself stay out there avoiding life. And in Ned's case, literally locking away his past, you know, in a cave. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Um, yeah. And then we have the story between Ron and Dave, which is a story that I think isn't apparent initially when you read the letters, but once you actually analyze the letters, it's kind of a sad version of Brokeback Mountain. I thought it might um, be. Just in the sense that... Um, well, just in the sense that Ron is clearly a guy, and I think Delilah describes him as a guy who all he cares about is drinking beer and chasing tail. Yeah. Um, but then you have Dave, who clearly feels something for Ron. Um, you know, he leaves uh, leaves little protein bars in the cash box because he knows they're Ron's favorites. He talks about wanting to go, you know, hang out at the spot for them. Um, you know, he eventually, like, has some issues with his family, presumably because he's gay, and I'm, given that it's the 80s, his family's probably not okay with that, and so he writes a letter to Ron saying that he, you know, there's family issues that, like, you know, he wants to talk about like talk through and ron just responds kind of like i'm not good with family stuff i'm just good for drinking beer like whatever man and dave's like but i miss you <laughs> so it's like really sad and Damn. then like finally and it's a letter that's um it's a letter that's not immediately found you can only find it when you find a dead deer on the way to the evacuation point, which, Gabe, it sounds like you made it to Sorry that to what? point. The the dead deer when you're evacuating? Yes. The dead elk. Did you find the like the spot yeah. the with the lawn chairs and everything? Oh, yeah, so cool. there's like a little hidden spot in there. Oh, I didn't that see that. It has a cassette yeah, tape. Either. Yeah, there's there's just there's the spot there that has the type of alcohol that I think Ron mentions in one of the letters, but also there's a final letter there from Ron saying like, "Hey dude, like Debbie told me that you got seriously beat up by some folks and, you know, I don't understand why those assholes would do, do that to you. Like Debbie was trying to explain to me why people would beat you up so bad, but like uh I just don't get it." And uh Anyway, try to visit you in the hospital. I guess you had already left the hospital, but um, yeah, looks like I'm not coming back next year. I'm actually moving to Alaska with Debbie, so um, you know, I found this uh, found this song in an outhouse, and I actually wrote you know performed it for you. So like, take a listen to this cassette when you can, and it's that um in the outhouse in one of the and near the old log cabin, there's the old Shosh old Shoshone oh. song in there, and so the cassette is just a wonderful cover of old Shoshone. Damn, that's the um, saddest way to leave someone ever. Like, yo, I'm leaving <clears throat> you, but here's well, a fucking a awesome song that I made that will just be profoundly sad forever for you. Well, right, and yeah. you, you realize that old Shoshone was written by Dave. Like, uh, and mm, you wow. realize that he that just brings everything together, because, man. Oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> like, Dave, Dave wrote that song 
feeling isolated and alone because he was gay and like nobody seemed to accept him except for Ron, who was just kind of too dumb to get the hint that Dave was into him. Mm. Um, and also the fact that Ron was straight, but also like Old Shoshone is just a sad song about just escaping into the woods. And I've read in forums that like, it's assumed that Dave killed himself in the forest. Um, the only evidence, though, that stands for that is because that final letter and cassette is untouched at the spot. So it's assumed that Dave never received it or just came back to receive it. Um, and so it's kind of another representation of like the woods consuming somebody because they just you know, could not face the reality, which in Dave's case, that's a very harsh reality. So I don't know how much I believe in that. Um, but it is a, just another example of just somebody trying to escape their shitty life just to deal with, you know, just to deal with things on their own terms and the forest just kind of enveloping them in just another way. I'm getting sad. <laughs> this game but is anyway. sad. There's just yeah, no question is. about it. Yeah. But like it's so right. powerful. Like like okay, if you want to take a ridiculous angle, like I always make fun of Elena for this because for some reason her YouTube algorithm is just like 3 to 10 videos away from just like her crying alone in, in the bed, like no matter what. <laughs> what do you mean for some reason? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> no, but like what it is 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 like she'll be watching a, a fish YouTuber that she loves, uh, and like, you know, somehow like a couple videos in Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, a fish YouTuber. That's the way she describes it. So she's really into oh aquariums, so there's like fish all over it. But but you know what I mean? Like at like at some point uh -huh. here, like she will be seeing she'll be watching that fish YouTuber and then it'll just autoplay a video. And that video will be a fish YouTuber that she likes, but it'll be like mourning their cat. You know what I mean? Like, it'll be this like really beautiful video about how like their cat passed away and she'll just be fucking crying in the bed. And I'll like, I swear I leave for like 10 seconds and I come back and I'm like, the fuck just happened? And it's like YouTube happened. Um, and some for some reason, her <laughs> algorithm just takes a nosedive like that. And I remember sitting there and going like, that's so ridiculous. Like, why is it that you do this to yourself? And then I sat down and I played Firewatch and I fucking was like, wait a minute. This is the medium that I do this to myself with. Oh, I get it. Like, <laughs> like my own algorithm chooses games like this sometimes just this to get that This is your same own thing. fish YouTube. Yeah. And so it's just like, damn, this game is sad, but it's so powerful. And it just does it so like this game takes the keys. And at least for me, it 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 got to choose what I felt. I could only see the beauty in the humanity of it and feel it. Um, but I'm just so thankful that what they did was such a masterful use of those keys. Um, like in just so many different ways, it hangs together and it tells these human stories. And I clearly did not read enough about Dave and uh, Ron, but like... Yeah, that story also fits into that same feeling. Like, it all fits into this. Like, it all makes sense. The writing of this game. Oh. Oh. Ugh. That Italian, you know, nice pasta gesture. Chef's yeah, chef's kiss. kiss. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> pasta gesture. Nice pasta gesture. Pasta's so great, though. 
But yeah. Um, Dude, I'm going to call it the pasta kiss Dude, from be careful. Yeah. Based on the reaction of this and call, just you say might pasta get pasta is so great, though. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be the hashtag on our Instagram post. Hashtag pasta is so great, though. <laughs> hashtag pasta kiss. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I'm on an oh. all pasta diet. An all so- pasta diet? <laughs> Respect. Does anyone have anything else? Or should we all choose to... Hold right trigger to go home, which is the last prompt in this entire game. No, it's not. Are you sure? It's, yeah, it's, I used a keyboard and mouse. Uh, mine was okay. I just, whatever it is, hold uh, insert variable button here for action to go home. <laughs> to go home. <laughs> you motherfuckers ruined that shit Sounds for me. Great. <laughs> keyboard and mouse master race, bitch. You freaking no. yeah. Controller oh. pleb. Jeez. Controller's great in this game. The controller is, is great. Yeah, it's probably way better, to be honest. <laughs> no, you need the precise <laughs> aiming of the mouse for this game. <laughs> yeah. You're like, quick, I can't open this gate. Flick to the rock. Flick to the gate. Damn, it didn't open. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you joke, but I did then. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> uh, okay. Why don't we rate this thing? Um, Cool. Yeah. Thumbs. <laughs> Zoe, why don't you start it off? You've you've pretty much led this discussion and you've illuminated us on a side plot that I'm not gonna lie to you. A lot of reading. A involved. B plot. A B plot. Was it a C plot? No, I just because that's an that's you the, get stung by a B at one point, and it and <laughs> the the uh, the achievement is called B plot for getting stung by a B. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I Notably, I did not get attacked by a raccoon. Yeah, me neither. Ah. Hmm. You had to go back to the <laughs> cabin when you were evacuating and open up the You had to antagonize the raccoon. The area. <laughs> oh, that's how you antagonize the raccoon. Mm. All right. Yeah, by letting it escape during a raging forest fire. How awful of you. Okay, anyway. <laughs> All right. So I guess here's my review of this game. Um, this game holds a very special place in my heart. And so I guess I'll just kind of start, get it out of the way in that I this game deserves my Gold Star Award. Um, it's that good of a game. And it was a game that I did not initially grasp. But upon just further playing it and further experiencing it and really delving deep into the material, it's like, you know, it really produces this beautiful human story about the human experience. And I don't know, it's a story about loss and escape. It's a story about connection and friendship and you know, wanting something to happen to yourself so badly, but needing to accept it if nothing really comes of it, or it's all just, you know, it's all just nothing. Um, I don't know. Like, it's a game that crafts its narrative, and you need to have zero expectation in it and that not everything has a payoff and not everything is a, as elaborate or conspiracy as you might think it is. You know, 
you take photos with the camera in hopes that it might be evidence only to figure out that's just a cute end credit sequence. You know, you pick up all the beer cans in hopes that you're saving the world, but uh, the I mean, you trashy are. girls just end up <laughs> throwing, <laughs> throwing them anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's no you achievement know. in real life for picking up beer cans in the woods. No, there isn't. And that is the real message of this yeah, game. Yeah, life is just as meaningless as Pick up your beer cans, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Leave no Picking trace. Picking up trash is its own reward. Come on. Yeah. And True. by the way, post that but, shit to Reddit and you can keep doing that thing where it's like, don't let trash tag die. And it's like, did you guess yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. We're on like the seventh month, I swear. We should do like a... At least, yeah, we should do a, a don't let trash tag die where it's like four beer cans <laughs> that we all drank. Yeah, exactly. It's like I put these there yeah, and then I pick them up. I'll just take a photo of my recording desk right now and be like, don't let trash tag die, yeah, guys. Yeah, right. right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so I don't know. Continuing on, it's just. I I love that this game has you you as the player buy into the hype. You know, they that you buy into the potential for conspiracy. You feel the ominous fear that Henry feels and in a way you feel Henry's you know, same disappointment when it turns out it's all for nothing and you have to go back to your own reality and face it. And like McCoy has said before, like, you know, that is a story about you as a gamer as well. You know, you're playing this game as an escape and you eventually have to hit that quit button and go back to your own reality and face it and question to yourself, what am I running from? You know, what am I trying to escape from? So meta in that way. Um, But anyway, I guess I'll just close my review with a quote that I found. Uh, that I thought was really cool and kind of really perfectly encapsulates this game for me. Uh, And this game was talking about the concept of prevention, Um, both because you are like a fire watcher in this game, you know, trying to prevent mass catastrophic fires, but, you know, also prevention in your own life. And I'll just say the quote, it's, you know, Quote, prevention isn't necessarily our job. What we need to do is just not run away and to be here when it happens. End quote. So I think that helps perfectly encapsulate the message that this game tries to show. And for that, it deserves my gold star award. God, did you? Are you done? I blocked out. Awesome. That's that's beautiful. I I didn't go on about my flawless playthrough of this game. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. No, that was awesome. Um, Yeah. Thank you. Um, Well, now I feel bad for just giving it two thumbs up, man. Oh, Uh, James. James, go. (laughs) No, don't. Don't let me dissuade you. I mean, I'm just giving it two thumbs up. This is a good game doesn't get a gold star because the gameplay is kind of lacking. <laughs> this walking simulator, I found myself running and I just thought inappropriate. Um, there's climbing yeah, too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
you kind of old man jump over uh, logs. It's not, it's not gold star worthy for me. No, no, it's a, it's an amazing game. Beautiful story. Um, really excellently, uh, really well executed. Um, and all around just a, a wonderful experience. If slightly terrifying and very sad. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. All right, Gabe, what'd you think? I know you and James both had, you know, fresh playthroughs this time. So a lot less time to digest it, but also you get to have that beautiful first experience. How was it for you? Uh, I thought it was awful. No collectibles. Uh, payoff at the end didn't work. <laughs> I hate having an impromptu session with my therapist. Like. Exactly. There were no guns in it. Yeah. Awful. Um, no, I thought... <laughs> you just didn't find the cash with the Only able to pick up That's one awesome. weapon. Yeah, what is this? Come on. Um, yeah. No, I thought it was... And it's a melee weapon. <laughs> it's true. I thought it was an excellent game. Uh, this is actually a game that I had been meaning to play for a long time, but just for whatever reason had never gotten around to actually like, buying it and playing it. Um, so I'm glad this was an, an excuse to actually finally do it. Um, I... I think they did an excellent job of setting out this like um kind of like small game um but just crafted the experience so expertly and really defined itself for what it is of like it's it's like a walking simulator um but there's like more to it than that cuz you like interact with things and I think the narrative is expertly done in that it uh, it starts off as like this, you know, one experience that you think you're getting, and then it totally 180s into something else, like a thriller, essentially. Um, but then at the end, not quite 80, 180, maybe like a 90 degree to then like, oh, it was, you know, kind of a conspiracy, but it was not what it seemed. And then to have the the player feel that, you know, disappointment almost. And having the the characters feel that also at the same time, and to end it with like that sense of like reality of like oh, kind of like a harsh, um, almost like a wake up call. I don't know how to really describe it, but like you know, it was just like oh, this is the end, and it's not like the fairy tale ending or like the traditional even like video game ending of like extravagant. You saved the day. Everything is amazing. You got the girl. Congratulations. Um, and I really like that. I, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that at first I was kind of like, what the fuck? This is bullshit. But then as I as I sat with it and kind of like pondered the game, I was like, no, that's actually a very, a very well done way of ending it. And I like how they approached that and did it. Um, so I think I'm going to give this game two thumbs up. I think they set out to do what they wanted and I think they nailed it. Yeah. Awesome. Hmm. Awesome. That's crazy. Like I'm, I'm just so glad I get just, it, it makes me so happy to hear that other people had good experiences this game. Cause I, I know that I did and it was just so awesome. I was like texting Gabe earlier and he's like, yo man, that game is awesome. And I was like, yes, thank God. Cause you know, 
you just want to share these experiences with people like these beautiful experiences like this. And I, you know, you get nervous. Like maybe this isn't their It was also theme. just such a refreshing uh, break from just nonstop Call of Duty and Dark Souls 3. <laughs> <laughs> Guess that doesn't hurt. Oh my hurt. God. Gabe convinced me to install Dark Souls 3 today in order to just play uh the well like we were gonna play together but then for whatever reason i didn't have my save and then as a result i had to start over and then if you start over you don't have the right item in order to play together so instead i started invading other people's worlds and it was just the worst experience of my fucking life it was so bad so bad um and i was just like is there supposed to be like fun in this anyways um so i could see why you'd need to change a pace from that um it was very nice very different (laughs) paced and very refreshing and just to clarify love dark souls 3 single player and maybe even co-op but invading people not my style just for me anyways um can you imagine if you can invade other people's firewatch (laughs) 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 oh fuck and then like other people are like coming the man on the mountain yeah you just get to be the stalker and just stalk the main uh the main character Dude, you get to fuck up their oh like Firewatch oh like God. place, like their 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 out. What the fuck? What do you call that? Their tower, lookout their watchtower. Yeah, their lookout yeah. tower. Oh my God. Yeah, they used a bunch of science. Play as the two girls who call him a small penis loser. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They didn't even choose. <laughs> Dialogue options: Does he have a tiny dick? Is he an inconsiderate asshole? Or is he a DLC option? A creepy old perv. (laughs) (laughs) So, was it Ned that stole their underpants and wrote like a a letter? What what did he write on them? Like, like, yeah, creep or like you're yeah you sicko. Right. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that that was unless if you did that, James. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's some intrigue right there. Uh, Did you cut your own uh, your own power line? I might have. Hey, Delilah. There's no way we can talk to anyone else anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Hey there, Delilah. What's it like in the other tower? Brilliant. I was trying. Brilliant. I was so trying to get there. Brilliant. Oh, I was trying to get there so hard, and you just did it better than I could have. I got you, you Nailed it. Holy shit. Oh, oh, oh. That's so funny. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll just I'll just review this. We'll take it home. But God, that was awesome. Um. Yeah. Please. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you guys have heard, you know, on the episode, like what I think. Uh, I will also get out of the way and say, for me, it's a, uh, it's a gold star as well um i have this like i've already said it's my wallpaper and i've had it for years i have a print that you got uh, that we got from the actual artist uh who's in san francisco uh, because the original studio was in san francisco before oh yeah before they were bought by valve and then their next game has been basically put it on indefinite pause because valve pretty much dissolved their team whoops um anyways yeah but uh yeah, the, it's like they got like a, a local artist who just does that sort of stuff. And so we have like a like a uh, actually two prints of his that are small because we didn't have very much money, but still they're they're nice. And uh, it's just it's this game was really special to me back then. It is still special to me now. It's really interesting playing it the second way through because I felt like I 
I don't think this game needs a second playthrough. You can if you want to, but you you get a very different experience. Like you're not caught up, at least I wasn't caught up in the the intrigue this time around. Um of course like the the emotional stuff hits just as hard, but the intrigue like turn in the middle which is so powerful doesn't really hit you. Um but you get to just marvel at the mechanisms and how they got you the first time. Like I think to me this is a game that I will never ever have as powerful an experience with it again as I did the first time and I'm sure many media is like that. And I I almost think that's like not just okay but that's like kind of beautiful because it kind of wraps up to me part of what made this game really strong is that this game is short but it's jam-packed with amazing their uh art design and graphics are amazing their writing is obviously amazing and they carried on their sleeve their voice acting is amazing like they they just they were they worked with so little and they made so much out of the hurdles that they had they didn't animate faces they didn't animate really that many humans either uh and instead with all that mystery you're left with just an amazing thing that is like more powerful like for the dude think about if you had seen delilah right and like it's like just a what never mind (laughs) i mean i'm just saying like like imagine you see her face and she's beautiful she's everything you ever dreamed the artist did amazing which by the way the artist could never achieve that because whatever is in your head is different from what else is in someone else's head and so leaving it that way allows it to the end to be that character that you created for her um but imagine they did they just showed her face and then in 10 years you come back to this game and that face is a little bit more blocky than you ex- than you remembered it and the graphics don't quite hold up and you look at that game and the payoff just sinks so far below what it first did like no they did not fall into that trap they still have the air of mystery all the way to the end with her and so that part is just everlasting um but anyways whatever i fucking love this game I think it's super powerful. I think it doesn't waste your time. It's super short. Uh, its pacing is really great. Uh, the intrigue is really great. It's it's a perfect game that you can play one time and be like, I am totally satisfied. I don't feel like I need to buy the season pass. I don't feel like I need to grind out whatever. Um, and those things can all be great. But this game is a perfect game to support you while you do those things. Because like right now, I feel like games are all just fighting to be your game. Like, bro, don't you want to, like, play me for a thousand hours? And this game's like, no. I want to give you something that's really high quality for a short period of time. And I want to let you go. I want to let you go back. And it's just brilliant. So for that, dude, anyone should play this game. Everyone should play this game. I'm, like, willing to say that you should play this game. And if you don't like this game, it's you. That's what I'm willing to say. <laughs> um, maybe you're too young. Or maybe you're too co- uh, calloused. Uh, or something like well like, there's something wrong um so check that out but uh yeah gold star for me it's freaking awesome i'm so glad we played it uh nice um yeah i'm ready yeah so what are we playing next so week what are we that playing is for next week return of the obra din which is basically not only is it a uh, it's like the same thing right it's like the same kind of game yeah, it's the spiritual successor to Firewatch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Made by the guy who did Papers, Please. Yes, it's made by the guy who did Papers, Please. Uh, this is one of those games that I've heard a lot about. And the art style is truly stunning and weird and different. And the gameplay is very strange. It's sort of like mystery. And like you're seeing, I don't know, it's almost Tacoma-esque actually in a little bit. Well, we'll see. 
we'll get there. Um, I haven't played it, but it's one of those games that it rumbled in such a way in the industry that all the people who are a little bit down lower towards the sort of interesting artsy indie games uh, seem to love this game. And I think the mainstream passed right on over it. And uh, I think that's worth our time. So we'll check that out. It's going to be two weeks. Uh, apparently, it's freaking awesome. So nice. Um, yeah. I'm excited. Sweet. I'm really excited to play this game. I've heard a lot of great things about it. And no, I'm not bitter that it beat out Grease for best <laughs> That was how visuals. you first set, introduced it to me. You were like, oh, is that that fucking garbage game that beat fucking <laughs> Grease for visuals? I didn't say, okay. For clarification, I did not say garbage game. You I just, just like, thought it very loudly. What? Yeah. And then with your words. <laughs> <laughs> But I am prepared to be pleasantly surprised. I think you're going to hate the visuals. I'll say. Whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not too. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to go into it with an open mind. I've I've heard that you know, I've I... heard that sometimes the visuals hurt your eyes. So Sweet. that's interesting. So next week we'll all Hell be yeah. blind. Yeah. Awesome. You don't need to yeah. see for a podcast. I mean, for the rest of your life, it's going to be a problem. But for the podcast, we should but still. But like for the podcast, it's not a big deal. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's a good point. But how do we know if we're still recording? We well, don't. we just never stop recording. Think about it, right? Because <laughs> Craig says <laughs> now recording. Does he say now Now I'm done? <laughs> now I'm stopping recording? <laughs> and then it goes, you know, when he leaves, right? Right. I don't know. Petition to, like, replace Craig's sounds with what James just did. <laughs> All right. Anyway. <laughs> All Thanks, right. everybody, for listening. You know, if you have an opportunity, feel free to rate us on iTunes. We would really appreciate that. And uh, we're also available on Spotify. We're available on a couple places, yeah. Although Podbean. hopefully the people listening to this already know. At least they may not know of the other places we're available, but they do at least know about one place, which is nice. Um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah also and, rate know, us everywhere to... just just download yeah. the other apps if you don't have them just to rate us yeah unless it's negative exactly. in which case yeah. like please that why you gotta be like that yeah please <laughs> <laughs> like it's like one of those like yeah rate us five stars if you love us and if you hate us write in you know <laughs> yeah yeah if you hate us leave a comment yeah exactly that's what it is right it's like if you like us like the video and if you hate us leave a comment about what we could do to improve and it's like we win no matter what so we would appreciate winning yeah. no matter what and if you could help us that'd be great yeah yeah exactly right and you know if you have a qualm that you want to like <clears throat> air out with us, you know, feel free to write in to tyrannyofthumbs at gmail.com. We will uh be happy We will to, read uh, out some feedback every there. email that we receive. Oh, will we? Are we agreeing to that now? Yep. And make you wildly uncomfortable. No, we're I'm not going to do that. It's kind of fucked no. up, but I'm down. <laughs> Make sure in your email you we specify whether you want it read on air or not. We, we won't necessarily... We need consent. Well, it depends on how many emails we get. Right. Right. I, I don't think we're worried about the volume just yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, fair. 
that's fair that's, like we really now fair. if we started like a weekly segment of read-ins like i would have to start mocking emails and writing them to us in order to like get us to our quota but uh yeah man just thanks thanks for fucking listening i hope you're well um this was a fucking powerful game i hope you too enjoyed it uh if you didn't like i said i've already insulted the entire core of your being and i'm sorry about that but maybe you'll like next week so stick around and we'll see you yeah. there yeah great bye. choice bye <laughs> we get it fuck yeah fuck yeah okay <laughs> eat a dick <laughs> i'm sorry what <laughs> God damn. Great choice. Fuck yeah.